0: May God continue to richly bless your journey every step of the way. This morning we will be looking at
1: probably one of the most quoted verses in all of the Bible. We hear it used by the world. We see it on TV. We see it everywhere you go, football games and everywhere else. Um, and often misused, uh, but this morning I'm going to use it in a way I've never heard it used before. And uh, but I, I, I trust that it will be a blessing to you. So, um, if you're able, ask you to stand, and we will read God's Word, Romans chapter eight. <clears throat> Start reading with verse number 24. For we are saved by hope, but hope. That is seen is not hope. For what a man seeth, why doeth he yet hope for? But if we hope for that we see not, then do we with patience wait for it. Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities, and we know that what And he that searcheth the hearts knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit, because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. And we know that all things work together for the good of them that love God and them who are called according to his purpose. For whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Let us pray. <clears throat> Lord, and a privilege today to be in your house. Lord, I thank you for every person that is here this morning. And Lord, I know that everyone here, Lord, has a specific need. Uh, Lord, has something in their life that only you can do. Father, I know that, uh, Lord, I'm inadequate, Lord, to bring your message this morning. I pray you would deal with every heart here. And Lord, as as your word comes, may your spirit give all of us exactly what we need. I pray in Jesus' name and amen. You can be seated. So what's going on in our church? Anybody like to know? Uh, What's God's plan? Um, How do we know what God's plan is for our church? Uh, We're going to try to answer those questions uh, this morning, and and I I trust that this will be uh, helpful, eye-opening this morning. But those of you that have been here a long time, I thought about Sister Bessie's uh, testimony and, and Sister Velvet's as well, how they really their testimonies is what I want to preach about this morning, but I thought about those of you that have been here for a long time, and some of you have been here, you know, for a long, long time, but I thought about how um, maybe many times the messages that have been preached, the things that have said, the things we've tried to do, maybe we've been confused on uh, how does that, how's that going to play out? How's that going to... Uh, turn into the, the direction we're supposed to be going. And can I just say to everybody here this morning, I honestly didn't know myself. Often the, the messages and the things that we're being, uh, we were talking about, I didn't know. Uh, but I believe that this message this morning is going to reveal to us a lot of um, truth that we've been looking for. So <clears throat> the, the title is The Formula. Now, I'm probably alone this morning. I'm guessing uh, there, there are a lot of you who will not agree with this statement, but but I love math. All right, right, Amy? I love math. That's great. I, I do. I always did. I always thought math was so much fun, and I loved uh, I always loved algebra. Now, one thing I like about math, all, all of you guys know I'm not great spellers, right? I'm not a great speller. But see, I like math because two plus two will always be four, it, it, it is always concrete. It's not up for debate. It's not a matter of opinion. When you get into algebra, you have a squared times three to the third power, uh, you know, and all these, and then you have this formula. But here's the thing I love about it: when you do the formula, it will always come out the same. See, it, spelling it, spelling's not like that. Sometimes it's a C. Sometimes it's an S. There's no rule. There's no reason. Just pick which one you want, right? Well, how am I supposed to know that? Sometimes it's an F. Sometimes it's a PH. They sound the same. How do you know? I got to ask Renee. That's how I know. But, but what I'm saying is there, there's no rules. And it, can, it can come out any way it wants to, right? I wonder when they started making up how they spell these words. <laughs> they just make them the way they want to. But see, math isn't like that. You don't get to choose the answer in math. It always is the same. That's why I like it. And when they give you a formula, here's what I loved about formulas. When they would give me a formula, if you do what the formula says, if you plug into the thing, you will get an answer the same every time. That's why I like it. So I like, man. So we're going to give you a formula this morning. I believe it is God's formula. I believe it is a formula we all need. I, I believe that every person here needs this formula. This will be awesome in your personal life. You can take this, write it down, carry it through life, and this will be a this will be a, a, a roadmap for the rest of your life. But I believe we're going to try this morning to try to put it into how it affects this, the church. But we see in this formula, and we're going to get it straight from the text, but we see in verses 24 and 25 uh, that we're going to get a, a formula. The first formula is uh, we don't see and we wait. We don't see, and we, it tells us plainly in the text, you don't see, uh, you don't see what you hope for, uh, and, then, and then you wait with patience. Patience means endurance, waiting it out. So, so that is life. Now, I'm going to try to prove to you this morning that we don't see, and, I, and I, just so none of you Bible readers get ahead of me, I recognize this verse is talking about salvation. It's talking about we get saved by something we can't see. We trust in Jesus, although we do not see Jesus. We trust that there is a heaven, though we do not see heaven. I understand this is talking about uh, the salvation that comes from faith. But is it not true that the Bible teaches us all the, the Bible is all about faith. It's all about faith. You get saved by faith. You live by faith. You die by faith. It's all about faith. And faith is all about you don't see. We're going to try to illustrate that for you this morning, uh, how we don't see. But this is a clear picture here, uh, part of the formula. We don't see and we wait. And you can preach a whole message on this, but isn't that, can we just be honest, we've got some, we've got some older Christians here, we've got some people who've been saved for a long, long time, we've got some new Christians, but can we all just admit, that is the most frustrating thing about being a Christian. You don't see, and then he wants you to wait. I mean, who comes up with this plan, right? And is it? I've been told this by so, I've been told this by so many of you and in my own life, if I just understood what God's doing, that's not how it works. It's not how it works. He does not give you the answer. He does not explain it out of you. He says, you don't see, and you wait. And that is the formula uh, that that God teaches us uh, uh, how to um, go through life. Now, I've I've got this little statement here. Uh, You might want to write it down and remember it. When we fail to wait and we fail to trust, we hinder God's plan. Let me say it again. When we fail to wait and we fail to trust, we hinder God's plan. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand this morning, but I just wonder if there's anybody here that decided, I didn't like waiting on God, I'm going to run ahead. Anybody ever do that? I'm tired of waiting on God, I'm just going to go do this, get it done myself. I have. I have. How many of you thought, I don't understand what God's doing, so I'm going to figure it out on my own? How'd that work out for you? How'd that work out for you? Not so good. But we have to wait... And, we have, and we're not going to see. We are literally going through life blindfolded. But then the second thing, part of this formula, we're, we're creating a formula just like a math equation. You, you plug all these things in and you'll get the same answer every time. So the second thing we come to, again, clearly out of the text, uh, the word likewise starts out verse number 28, which tells you that it ties into the verses before it. And it speaks about when we pray that the Spirit takes our infirmities, that means our weaknesses, are in abilities it takes that and it and it translates our prayers so the second part of the formula is we pray wrong so the spirit corrects we pray wrong so the spirit corrects is there anybody here who's been a christian who can say i prayed for a long time but i was praying the wrong thing I was begging God. I was believing in faith. I was sincere. I was asking God, I got to have this. We got to do I know it's what you want, God. We got to have this. And God didn't give it to you. You know why? Because you were praying wrong. You, you were praying wrong. And that is how this thing works. So we don't see, we wait, we pray wrong, and the Spirit corrects us. Now, I have a silly little illustration, but I I hope that it will be helpful to make this clear to you. Uh, So I would like for you to imagine that I'm going to tell all of you guys that I am going to Florida to the beach for vacation. I've got the I've got it planned out. We're we're gonna drive this far. We're gonna stop to eat here. We're gonna go to the gas station here. We're gonna go to the bathroom here. We're gonna spend the night here. We're we're gonna go down this road. Uh, the 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 trip has already been planned out from beginning to end. I'm gonna spend this much money when we get there. There's a there's a house on the beach, and I and I've already seen it. And I can't wait to. And I've got it all planned out. I know exactly how it's gonna go. So I'm leaving the parking lot. But by the way, I'm in the passenger side. I'm leaving the parking lot. Blindfolded, I can't see. Completely blindfolded. I I I let you guys know, you know, this is my plan. This is where I'm going. I'll be in Florida at the beach. It's gonna be a long journey, but that's where I'm going. I get in the car, pull out of the parking lot. I am blindfolded. I am praying. Oh Lord, help us. Help us on this road that we're on. Help us on on 77. Help us on that. Help us at this restaurant we're going to. I am praying sincerely. I I am praying for my journey. My driver just smiles at me and keeps on driving. I keep praying, Lord, help us at this hotel. Lord, help us at this stop. Lord, I I remember this intersection. It was bad. Help us through it. I'm praying all the way through. I'm sincere. I'm genuine. I'm praying with all my heart. But I got a blindfold on. The driver just listens and smiles and keeps driving. Sometimes we have to sit and wait. Sometimes there's a long trip. We finally get there. The driver says, we've made it. We're here. I said, oh, man, I'm so excited. We're finally to the beach. And the driver, who is the Holy Spirit, reaches over and takes off my blindfold, and we are standing on the rim of the Grand Canyon. Is that how life is? Is that how life is? Now I, want, I, I, I know not everybody here is real young, okay? But some of you that are, that are, that are my age, you know, that are older, I, I want you to be honest. When you were 19, did you envision your life, you'd be where you're at right now? Don't we all think we know how it's going to go? I know where this journey is going. I know where the trip will end up. I know how life will turn out, but it doesn't. In this church, how many of you 15 years ago in this church as a Christian said, I know where Sand is going? Is there one person, including me, who could say this is where we'd be? Because I wouldn't have, not even, I mean, not in a million years. What I'm saying is we're praying diligently, but we can't see. And God is listening, smiling, and saying, that's not where you're going. That's not where you're going, right? And so, the formula works if we if we will do what we're supposed to do. Again, we can we can short circuit this thing, but we are, we have to understand we don't see. We have to understand that we're waiting, and then we have to pray, and we're supposed to pray even though we're praying wrong. Now, think about that. I'm not even going to try to explain that. But God knows you're praying wrong, and He still says pray. He knows what you're asking for. He's not going to give it to you. But he still says pray. But he says his spirit will take what you're asking for and put it into God's plan and make it perfect. Is there anybody here that can say, wow? I mean, wow, look at my life. Look at the church. Look at at what God is doing. Uh, God's doing great things, and, and we're trying to figure it out. And he says, no, it's not about you figuring it out. You wait and you pray, and someday I'll take the blindfold off. Right? So point number three <clears throat> on our formula, uh, we have to, uh, the, the answer comes in the all things together. It tells us clearly that, that uh, we know that all things work together for the good of them that love God. So again, this, this is taken out of context a lot, but I believe that when we are not seeing and we are waiting and we are praying wrong, I believe God says, okay, the answer, the equals in that formula is all things. I'm going to give you all things. I'd like to try to illustrate that to you this morning, how that works out. So <clears throat> last week it was a styrofoam cup. This week it's a mixing bowl. <clears throat> all right? So so Sister Wilma, fantastic cook. She had, amen, 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 all right. Uh, lots and lots of great cooks, by the way, in this church, but but so she's going to make something. How many of you know some of the things she puts in there would be very nasty by themselves? Right? But it's what it calls for. So she puts them in there, but how many of you know when it gets done, mm, it's amazing. Right? So that's how God is. So here, so here's what God does. In our in my life, God says, uh, you know, all the way back to the beginning, God says he needs he needs some things to hurt him. I'm going to put it in there. He needs to be really disappointed with some things. Put that in there. He's probably going to need some good days to get him through. We're going to put that in there too. He he needs some people to let him down and disappoint him. We're going to put that in there too. He needs some Sundays when he comes to church, there'll be almost nobody there and the church is really down. We're going to put that in there. He needs some of those Sundays when the church is really uh, just doing fantastic. There's a lot of people there. We're going to put that in there too. God's looking down and he looks that recipe He says, you know, I really think he needs to shatter his leg and not work for a year. We're going to put that in there. Right? He needs some problems in the family. We're going to put that in there. He needs some difficulties at work. We're going to put that in there. He, he needs a financial tri- uh, challenge. We're going to put that in there. God puts all of that in there. He stirs it up really good, and all of those things together make what you see standing before you. Do you know I wouldn't be where I am if I hadn't have been hurt all the times I was hurt? I wouldn't be where I am if I hadn't went through the bad things I've went through. We picked on Brother Charles last week. Uh, his life, you know, I've kind of had a front row seat to build Charles's life. But the truth is, Charles, you would not be the man you are if you had not went through the things you went through. And what we call Charles is an accumulation of all of the things that was put in this bowl that was mixed up. But I got one more thing to go with that illustration. At our house, uh, I may not be the only grandparent this way, but at our house we have the, the legendary Mickey Mouse waffle maker. Anybody else got one? almost every single time we ask Juliet, what do you want? She said, Mickey Mouse pancakes, right? That's what she always wants every time. So we take what is in the bowl and we pour it into the mold and we bake it for a little while and it comes out looking like Mickey Mouse, right? How many of you know God takes what's in my bowl and he pours it in a mold so as I'll come out looking like Jesus Christ. See, that's what this is all about. You say, why did I have to go through that hurt? Because you can't look like Jesus without that. Why did I have to be disappointed? Because you can't look like Jesus without that. Why did we have those rough times at church? Because you can't look like Jesus without that. And he puts it in there, because as he tells us right in in verse 29, he said, those are being conformed into the image of his son. So he takes those all things, mixes them together, pours them in a mold, and he... Uh, makes you look like jesus see if you get saved anyone every one of you that's gotten saved and anyone who gets saved there is no way you will ever look like jesus christ in and of yourself so he has to put a lot of all things in there and he just keeps putting them in there now sister wilma if you have a recipe and it is a phenomenal recipe and you think to yourself i'm just going to leave that ingredient out this time i think it'll be all right does it taste the same changes everything you say you got a big old you got a big old casserole how could one ingredient make it it makes a difference see that one hurt you think you could have done without god said you'll never be what i need you to be without that one hurt velvet talked about cancer i know that's an ugly word no one wants to say that word isn't it kind of silly we think if we say it we're going to get it but anyways that's an ugly word but does god ever use cancer to put it in your bowl to make you better? Absolutely. And on and on and on we can go. There are so many things we see, and we just look around this church. If you've got your eyes open at all, we look around this church, there's a lot of things that have happened to this church, and we say, God, why'd that happen? Because I'm mixing your bowl to make something out of you. Now, let me just tell you, if you were here 15 years ago, 20 years ago, you would have never dreamed in a million years this church would be here. You'd never, there's no one would have ever said that we would have 1,100 and some boxes on our stage that we put together for Christmas, because we don't do that kind of stuff around here, right? We'd have never been able to see this, but the the thing of it is, all the things we went through for the last 15 years is what got us here. And a lot of times we're saying, God, take this away, that's a terrible thing, and God said, no, you got to have that in your bowl or we can't get you to where I, you look like Jesus. All right, if you guys are following, I, I hope that makes some sense, sense to you uh, that, that uh, God does that. So let's look at Sand Hill Church. If we look back over our shoulders, I thought Bessie was going to take my, my message this morning, but if we look back over our shoulders, there's a lot of stuff happening in this church. And for the small church that it is, we've had, we've had a lot of people die We've had sickness. We've had burdens. We've had heartaches. We've had family problems. We've uh, had—I mean—we've had a lot of stuff go on in this church. He's putting it in the bowl, people. He's putting it in the bowl. We—we've had—I got to be real careful how I say this, but—but please understand me. I'm—I'm speaking to some bomb heart. We've had some really good people leave this church. I mean, really good people. Probably some of the best people we have left this church. But let me ask this question. Is God allowed to move his people where he wants to? Don't they just have to stay here? I mean, that's what I would like. But sometimes God says, that's not the ingredient that goes in this bowl, and it's never going to give you what you see. They're not going to be a part of that. Now, does that mean they're not part of the family of God? Does that mean we don't love them? Does that mean they're not brothers and sisters? No. It means they weren't part of what God was doing. Is this making sense? Don't go away saying Gary's criticizing the people who left the church. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying God has a plan to get us where we are. And there have been some, I could say this, uh, there have been some bad people who have left this church. (laughs) We've had some really, really good people that were just great Christians who who loved Jesus and were as good a Christian as anybody in church who have left, And and that was because they were not part of what the ingredients that went in our bowl to make what we're making. But there were also some people that were not so good who left, and that's because their ingredients would not work in this recipe. Is anybody seeing what I'm showing you? There, there, there's a plan see what i'm trying what i'm trying to get across is i don't know if i'm doing a very good job if we was to go back we've been trying to figure out what god's doing for all these years if we was to go back and look at it and we was all give our opinions we'd all be wrong every one of us would be right there's none of us that would be right i don't care who you are you would not have been right including the pastor but but as time has went on we were trying to say god what are you doing but look what god's doing God's doing something, we just couldn't see it because we can't see him, we're waiting, we're we're, uh, praying wrongly, but God's sending all things to give us a recipe of what he wants us to be in his image. Are you guys seeing this? It's actually very exciting. It's it's a little painful. (laughs) It's a little painful. I don't like everything he put in my bowl. Can I get an amen? Amen. I don't like everything he put in my bowl. But Charles, there's some things I say, God, we could do without that ingredient. We don't need that one. I didn't like that one. You know what God said? Yeah, you did. You, you won't be what I need. You won't be in my image without that. So God's mixing a bowl at Sand Hill Church, and it is exciting to be a part of it. So so let's get on to oh, to what is going on here at Sand Hill Church. This this is my confusion. If I'm being real honest and transparent with you guys, I didn't figure this out until just very, very recently. But I think anybody who knows me knows that since I was a little boy, some of you know me since I was a little boy, but since I was a little boy, all of my life, even before I became a preacher, ever since I've become a preacher, my my calling, my heart, my desire, my my everything has always been the doctrine of the Word of God. It's always been that. That when I started first started preaching, when I started teaching Sunday school, everything I've ever done has always been about the doctrine of the... Now let me make this clear, I believe that the, I hope you guys understand this, but I believe that preachers are called with different callings. There are some preachers who are evangelists, there are some preachers who who, who feed the needy, there are some who help with orphans, there are some who, who help those that are uh, the young mothers who are pregnant, there are some who help with abortion there's all kinds of callings God calls us to. Amen? Are we, we agreeing with that? But I've always known my heart, my calling, my the reason that I am here is the, is the doctrine of the Word of God. And I'll be honest with you, I've thought many times, Lord, that ingredient does not fit in this bowl. Because that ingredient of the doctrine of the Word of God is not what they want in this bowl. But it went in this bowl. Amen? So... So, the Word of God has always been my passion, and for years we have preached the doctrines and trying to understand what those say at the Word of God and try to uh, uh, disciple those that are here and try to establish doctrine and, and try to, to work on sanctification. And that has been my heart's desire. Now, we need people who are called to, to reach the lost souls, and we need people who are called to help uh, all those that are in need. But there's a calling for everyone because God's in control. But that is my calling. Here's where I got confused. I'm guessing I'm not the only one who's got confused. I started saying, I don't even know how long ago it's been, five, ten years ago, I started saying, my heart is to help those that have just really ruined their life, those people who have just messed up their life. I'll be honest with Georgia, I thought, God, you got to be wrong on this one. That, 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 that's not, this is really what I thought. We're not the kind of church that helps messed up people. <laughs> right? God, don't you understand that? Now, I want to say this, I want to say this as nicely as I can, and in the right way. And I don't know if anybody wanna amen me or agree with me or not, but 15 years ago, I was right. We weren't the kind of church to take care of messed up people. We couldn't have. And everything we've been through to here, God just opened my eyes and said, You're in a place to take care of messed up people. And I I don't like that term. I don't know how you, but how many of you know there are people out there who have made some mistakes? There's some people out there who have kind of messed up their life. There's a whole bunch of them sitting right here right there's a lot of people who have made mistakes the church should be a place to help those kind of people and and and, and god really laid that desire on my heart but i have thought for a long time that does not make sense to mix that with bible doctrine we're a bible doctrine church that is my calling. that's why i'm here and you're laying it on my heart to bring in people who have really ruined their lives god those two things don't go together and no matter how much you mix those they won't work i mean how many of you think god was right how many of you think i was right all <laughs> right. See, God was right. God knew, and I didn't. So let me try to let me try to help you to understand what what I believe God has, has, has helped me to understand. Here at Sand Hill Church, we now have a a strong core of strong believers who are uh, hungry for the Word of God, who are learning the Word of God, who are living the Word of God. God has been, and I don't know if everybody even knows this, but but God has been bringing in a lot of people to our church who know nothing about God whatsoever. People who have really made a mess of their life. I feel like I've talked to more people just in the last six months or so than I probably have since been passionate of just people who are have just really messed up their lives. So I want to talk about some hospital theology. Hospital theology. <clears throat> um, if we have a hospital in Sandusky or anywhere we have a hospital, they need strong, healthy people who work there. And they also—I don't have the—I don't have your notes in front of me, but if I—if I miss something, let me know. But you need strong, healthy people who work there, and we need people who are trained who work there. Now, how many of you would like to go, you know, there's a hospital, you, you're sick, you're not feeling well, and you go down to the hospital, and everyone there is coughing, and they're sick, and they look, they look terrible, and they, they're, they're feeling really, really bad. How many of you want to go to that hospital for them to help you? See, we need strong health. You know, when you work at a hospital, you, you have an immune system that is stronger because you're always around sick people. You are, you are healthy. You are there to help other people because you're strong and you're trained. If you're not healthy and you're not strong and trained, you will hurt those people. So here's two things, and and I want want you to think about this as a church. If we have a hospital that has people who are not strong and healthy and who are not trained and sick people come in, guess what those sick people will do? They will hurt the hospital because they're not healthy enough to take care of them. Am I making any sense with this, this analogy? If we have a church that is not strong and healthy biblically and we have messed up people come in, guess what's going to happen to the church? It's going to put the church right under. Does anybody following me? You guys got look a little confused. We have to have strong, healthy people in our church who know the Bible, who are strong on the Word of God to allow others to come in so as we can help them. And... If we have a hospital that uh, we have people who don't know how to, so just imagine this we're gonna start a new hospital. We don't care if you have a degree or if you have any training. As long as you have a good heart, that's all we care about. We're gonna start up a, how many of you wanna go to that hospital? (laughs) No training, no degrees, no no learning. We're just going as long as you have a good heart, we want you because you care about people. And we're going to bring people in with cancer and been in a bad car accident, people who are having babies and people who are having heart. We're going to bring them in. And hey, as long as you have a good heart, we don't care if you've been trained. How many of you want to go to that hospital? How many of you know what will happen? They'll kill all those people. Now, I hope those illustrations make sense, but aren't there a lot of churches today? Cuz you know, um it's kind of the, it's kind of the the end thing to say. We'll just take you any way you are, right? That that's popular in church today. That, that's that's a popular thing. We'll take you any way you are. But a lot of a lot of those is is there's nobody in the church who is close to God, so you can just come in, fit in right with us, and we'll just you'll just you'll just be part of us, and we're not going to help you, and you're not going to help us. How many of you know that's not why we're here? See, there are churches that are not trained and that are not healthy, and they're trying to help sick people. And I have been confused for all these years, but God is saying, I need people who are trained, who know the Word of God, who are healthy and strong living the Word of God to bring in those people so as we can help them. Now, I'm going to make a statement. You guys do what you want. CJ thought he'd put these boxes up here and keep me from coming down here, but because he doesn't, he likes me to stay up there. But let me tell you what I think. I think we are at a place at Sand Hill Church where God can bring in some of the worst people with the worst problems, and we are stable enough to help them. See, if we're not stable, they'll just suck us under if we aren't if we don't know what we believe, we won't be able to help them. How are we gonna sit down and help someone with the life problems if we don't know how to deal with it our own selves, right? We, we have to, so we have to be trained in the word of God to be able to help. And what I'm trying to show you, I don't know if I'm making any sense. I have some confused looks but who I'm trying to show you, for all these years, God knew what he was doing. He knew what he was doing. He knew he was building a church to help people who have messed up their lives by building a people who are founded on the word of God. I couldn't see it, but you put all things together. He takes off the blindfold and look what we have. We have this. We have this. And I've said this a thousand times, but I'm going to say it again. I don't want to be one of those kind of churches that says, if you're sinful and you've all messed up and you made a lot of mistakes, we don't want you. I want those kind of people. You know, when I first started saying that years ago, I know there's some people who thought, what? He's lost his mind. But I think after enough mixing in the bowl, I think most everybody here says, "Yeah, that's the kind of people we ought to be helping." I'm honest. I've said this before, but I'm honest. When God first started telling me that, thought, you got the wrong guy," I am not the guy to help those kind of people. Send me some good churchy people. I'll help them. And God said, "No, that's not your calling. Your calling is to help those that have messed up their lives." And I believe we're in a place today where we can do just that. And I don't know if I made any sense with that or not. But whenever we don't see and when we're waiting and we're praying wrong, God's taking us on a journey where He knows where we're going and we don't. And when we get there, all those things that brought us there will give us the image of God's plan for our life. Now, I spent the whole morning talking about the church, and I'm not going to re-preach the message, uh, but how many of you understand that what I just preached to you, you can use it in your own life? Now we're not talking about the church, now we're talking about you individually. Your life you don't see, you don't know where you're going you you you're waiting and you don't like waiting. You you are praying, but you're praying wrong. But one day God's gonna take the blindfold off, and you're gonna say, Oh, this is what you was doing with my life, right? And it's exciting when we understand God's in control.
0: We pray that this message has stirred your soul as you continue on for Christ. If you've been blessed by this sermon, we encourage you to share this podcast with others that we may together embolden each other for the kingdom cause. To listen to Sandhill sermons live, you can join us Sundays at 11 o'clock on Facebook and YouTube. You can also find additional content such as our Steadfast Studies podcast or the NOYC Godcast for Youth, provided by Sandhill for Spiritual Growth of All Ages. These can be found at sandhillfwb.com or on all major podcast platforms. May God continue to richly bless your journey every step of the way.